You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Hawkeye Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And we are talking all about March Madness because the Iowa Hawkeyes are officially in. They are the number two seed. And we know the path to the Final Four and ultimately to the NCAA title game. And it goes through Gonzaga. That's right, the game that we took on earlier this season in December and ultimately lost. We have another crack at them. If Iowa can get to that point, we're going to talk all about that. First, before we get into that, though, we got to talk about Iowa versus Illinois. So all that stuff is coming up on the show today. And I do got to tell you, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. And like I said, today's, today's episode is all about March Madness and we have a lot of great content coming at you not only today, but the rest of this week. Tomorrow we have Keith Duncan joining the show talking a little bit about his draft prep. We're also going to talk about the Liddell Betts hire. I think that's a huge hire for the Iowa Hawkeye coaching staff. And we're going to continue our NCAA tournament preview. On Wednesday we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the Peacock's father himself, Frank Garza. He's going to be joining the show on Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit of basketball. We'll talk a little bit more about the mental side of the game and what Luca does on a day-to-day basis to make sure he is mentally sound. Not only physically sound, but mentally sound and ready to go for each of his games on Thursday we are going to do a full wrestling preview at this point working on getting that schedule but looking to get a pretty exciting guest on uh, been in communication so if that works out and we record I'll make sure to drop who that person is but I, I promise you if it is if it is the person I've been working with you are going to be absolutely ecstatic to hear from this guy covering Iowa wrestling, a former Iowa wrestler himself. So I'll make sure to drop all that information as well. And then on Friday, we're going to be giving you that little recap of wrestling for that first day. And then also breaking down the men's and women's basketball games. Also on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about women's basketball since the tournament selection um, the committee is, is taking place. That show is taking place tomorrow. So we'll talk all about the Iowa women's basketball team on tomorrow's show as well. And then as the games take place, we'll be dropping episodes with Bakari Evelyn, making sure you know what's going on in the men's basketball. So all that stuff's coming up. Let's get into the Iowa versus Illinois conversation. If you listened in on Saturday, you knew that Bakari thought Iowa was going to win that game. Um, I had a bad feeling. And I would argue that the feeling I had was right, but not for the right reasons. Um, Let's just start off with the fact that Kofi Coburn was dominant in that game. Illinois was making a point of getting the ball in the interior to Kofi, and I thought they did a phenomenal job of that. It wasn't until he got into foul trouble that Iowa was really able to make a run and pulled within five points of Illinois. So that was it was interesting, but Kofi put together a phenomenal game. That Illinois team, they are really freaking good. I know uh, it's easy to say that, right? They've now beat us twice, but what a game it has, you know, it was and Illinois is, I would say, probably my pick to be the NCAA tournament champion this year at this point. The way they're playing the last couple of games has been truly phenomenal. Um, but I also got to talk about the, the officiating a bit as well, so we'll get into that. But Kofi Coburn, 26 points in only 24 minutes of play, 11 of 17 shooting. He went off to begin the game. Eight rebounds, but the four personal fouls really hurt him. He did finish with the best plus-minus on the entire team of 24. Trent Frazier, pretty quiet. The guy who was... Really dominant, though, in my opinion, for Illinois was not Iota Sumo, who did play well. He was getting out in transition really well, as he normally does, making great reads. 38 minutes of play, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 7 to 16 shooting. But it was Andre Curbelo. 
He was absolutely dominant, in my opinion, uh, playing just superb defense. Now, you could say pretty grabby defense, but uh, good defense nonetheless. 28 minutes of play. He had three steals and a plus-minus of nine to lead all of the bench players. So big-time big, big time stuff from him. And you got to give your hat, hats off to Illinois. Now, let's get back to a few things Iowa didn't do as well either. First and foremost, I thought foul calls were a bit spotty. Uh, the game was not lost because of officiating, but the officiating was poor nonetheless. I don't know how you continue to miss traveling calls from Illinois. I don't know if they just stopped looking or what's going on, but there were some bad calls. There's also some bad calls against Illinois as well. Uh, when Luca had four fouls and he jumped almost over Kofi Coburn and landed on him, that probably should have been his fifth foul, but he did not foul out. They did not call that foul on Luca. They're not going to want to do that. And that's my point. The, the, the officiating has just been so atrocious all around. Um, I'm sure we're going to get more Big Ten officials in the, the NCAA tournament, but hopefully not covering any Iowa games because that has just been spotty at best. What was interesting about that is there were several times where I felt like the Iowa wing players thought they should have got a foul. They probably should have, but nothing happened. And instead of getting back, they allowed Illinois to get out in transition and take advantage. And Illinois made a run um, in that first half where they scored a couple unanswered points off of some steals and got some really big dunks. And the Illinois crowd was there and ready to go. And Iowa just couldn't handle it. Uh, Illinois just did a, a fantastic job. Some of the shots were not falling all the time for Iowa. When you look at who kind of were the, the top people, obviously, Luka Garza did have a solid game all around, 21 points on 8 of 21 shooting and 12 rebounds. He played hard. Uh, he also had three steals, uh, which is not something you typically see from that big man, but unfortunately finished with the worst plus minus of minus 15. CJ Frederick, I thought, played really well. Uh, Keegan Murray got some some solid minutes, and Jordan Bohannon came to play. Uh, you know, a couple three-pointers in the last couple minutes were maybe not as great, but 5 of 13 shooting from three. Um, he was allowing Iowa to get back in the game and taking some of those big shots. Joe Wieskamp looked good early on, uh, struggled as of late. And Again, not the best shooting performance from Iowa, uh, but Illinois did not shoot the ball that great either. 48% from the field, 20% from three. Um, when you look at what really kind of messed this up, uh, the offensive rebounds for Illinois getting eight compared to Iowa's six. 39 rebounds overall, five more than Iowa. They had six blocks compared to Iowa's three, seven steals, and they forced 12 turnovers, which is above Iowa's average. So Illinois did a solid job all around there, and hats off to them. They took that win. They went on to play Ohio State and knocked them off 91-88 in overtime. Illinois shot 43% from three in that game. And Andre Cabello, Cabello had a fantastic game as well against Ohio State. So lots of fun watching that game. Um, for me personally, it's not indicative of Iowa being ill-prepared. It's not uh, you know, indicative of, I think, Iowa not having a chance in the NCAA tournament. I've been saying this for a while. Iowa's chances in the NCAA tournament depend on their matchups. And, you know, you can make a case that their matchups are maybe not great. I can make the case that Iowa's matchups to the Elite Eight are pretty darn good. And we're going to talk all about that, though, coming up on segment number two and segment number three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. So stay tuned for that. You know, though, we always got to tell you about some of our great sponsors of the show today. And it starts with Blue Chew. This episode is one of the one of the episodes sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to 
reform. Bluetooth is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluetooth's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Bluetooth tablets are made in the U.S. and they are prepared and shipped directly to you, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to reform, visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this podcast. Now, this week is going to be quite wild. A lot of betting lines coming out. We're going to talk about Iowa versus Grand Canyon here in a second, but you know where the best place to place those bets is? BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag has everything you can possibly imagine, not just college basketball, but NBA, NHL, awards, TV shows, and reality television. They also have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And remember, promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. Join our Locked On Listener Bracket Challenge groups on ESPN. Submit your March Madness picks, beat your friends or favorite hosts, and if you win, you'll get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today, and I hope you're picking Iowa to go pretty far because I think they can make it pretty far. And again, I talked about Illinois. That was a tough matchup. Iowa felt like they were in that game, and they were. They just let a couple runs get by, got a little sloppy at the ball, and they lost that game. But Illinois is arguably playing the best basketball of any team in the country right now. So now Iowa gets that two seed. And I thought it was interesting that Iowa got the last two seed, but I'm not going to complain about getting that last two seed because they get, in my opinion, the best number one seed from a matchup perspective. Gonzaga is playing some fantastic basketball, but I feel like Iowa can match up with them better than they can a Baylor or a Michigan or an Illinois. And I think a lot of that goes down to the athleticism on the perimeter and what Gonzaga's strengths are. It's going to be a high offensive game, a high scoring game, really. And as we saw when Iowa played Gonzaga last time, Iowa couldn't control a lot defensively, but they were on them. Jalen Suggs went 7 of 10 from 3, and they were pressing on him very hard. So it wasn't like he was having wide open looks. Iowa was doing everything they could. He's not going to go 7 of 10 from 3 next time. I think Iowa offensively will also be a lot better than they were in that game. They struggled mightily in that game to shoot the ball. I did some you know, I did some an analysis before that game or after that game and basically showed if Iowa even shot average in terms of what they shoot from the three, and average in terms of free throws, they would have won that game. To now, they can't get to Gonzaga without taking on Grand Canyon in the first round. Now, everyone wants to talk about the two twin towers of, Gon- or of, of Grand Canyon, the Antelopes. We got Alessandro Lever, six foot ten, two hundred thirty five pound forward, and Asborn Midgard, seven foot two hundred seventy pound senior center. They got two guys, and I think this would be a great opportunity to have Jack Nungy because Luca Garza is going to have his hands full. When you have that kind of size and length down low, that does impact performance. Now, that being said, they're a 15 seed for a reason. When you look at Grand Canyon and what they bring to the table, they're 17 and 6. They have not beat anyone this year. They only have one win over a top 100 team in Ken Palm, and that is Nevada. 
87 to 77 early in the season. They played one quadrant one or quadrant two game and they've lost. So what are you getting out of Grand Canyon? They're getting a solid team, right? They won their conference. Fantastic. But to me, there's a reason why they're the 15th seed, and they're not a very good three-point shooting team. They shoot two, or 245th in the nation in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They shoot threes at a 277th seventh clip, so not a lot of threes, and they don't make a lot of them when they do shoot them. Their offense is 142nd in the nation. They have the 74th-ranked defense. They are a great rebounding team. It makes sense. They have a lot of tall guys. And as we go through this week, we're going to do more digging into some of those numbers because I have a suspicion that those big guys are two of the bigger guys in their conference, and that is a lot of – that's a big advantage for Grand Canyon. Now, coming up against Iowa, that isn't as big of an advantage. They get a Luca Garza. Now, I do remember um, a couple of years ago, Tackle Fall, he was t- you know at UCF, and they were playing Duke. Duke did not have a lot of size, and I picked UCF to cover against Duke because of his size. That's not the case here. Iowa does have size. Not a lot of it anymore with Jack Nungy being out, and he will be missed in this game, but they do have size. I do expect that we might see Josh Ogundele. We saw him go up against Kofi, and I thought play pretty darn good defense. It was smart of Fran and how he used that rotation against Illinois. They didn't want to get Luka Garza in foul trouble. It felt like every time Kofi got the ball, there was a chance he was going to get fouled or they were going to call a ticky-tack foul, as they had the whole game. He put Josh in there, and Josh held his own against Kofi. He was not backing down. Now, I suspect if there are any issues from a foul perspective, Fran McCaffrey is not going to be afraid to turn to Josh Ogundele. He's a big kid. He can handle those guys. All he needs to do is get in there and handle them defensively because I feel like our perimeter players will be able to take advantage of a Grand Canyon team that, again, is not a great team. They do have a very slow pace of play, so I think Iowa's game plan is going to be to get out and run, get ahead. You want Grand Canyon to start forcing some of those shots, forcing some of the shots they're not able to take very well, three-point shots as well. Um, But it will be interesting to see what that matchup looks like down low. Now, when you listen to some of the experts, uh, they had some really fun things to say. The first expert, I believe, on the, the CBS show, breaking down the tournament, said, I'm absolutely taking Grand Canyon with a 16 point, um, you know, the plus 16. And he said, Grand Canyon has some fantastic big men and they'll be able to handle Iowa, blah, blah, blah. Tim Doyle gets on and he says, yeah, okay. Luca right now is probably praying to God and clapping his hands that he doesn't have to play in the Big Ten anymore. And he made some fun comments about Kofi and all the big men at Wisconsin. But he basically said, Luca has been dominating some of the best big men in the entire country. He is probably so excited to go up against two big men who are good in their own right, but not nearly the level of competition of Kofi Coburn. You think Luca Garza can get up against Kofi Coburn? Imagine him getting up against these guys, right? Luca was able to take on a Kofi. Kofi's huge. Kofi's a big man. If he can go against Kofi and get some production in there, you better believe he can do it against two guys from Grand Canyon University. There's a reason why they are at Grand Canyon University and not at the University of Illinois or Minnesota or Purdue, right? So to me, that's a great opportunity for Luca. I expect him to be pumped and ready for this game. And I do expect Iowa, what we're really going to need is some good perimeter play, though, from them hitting those shots to get Grand Canyon out in transition and try to force a few shots up early on in the half and get them kind of uncomfortable and out of their zone. That's kind of my thoughts for this game. Again, I think this is a really good opportunity for Iowa. Um, That 16 points, I think Iowa should be able to cover it. They're going to come out hungry and motivated. This has been their whole goal the entire time. Even talking about the Big Ten tournament, Fran McCaffrey said he almost didn't play Joe Wieskamp and C.J. Frederick. He wanted them healthy. There's a reason why he wanted them healthy. A, they're very crucial 
to Iowa's success. And B, the Big Ten tournament did not matter that much in the grand scheme of things for Iowa. It's the NCAA tournament. And they need to get off to a hot start against Grand Canyon on Saturday. They're taking them on on Saturday. So you got to wait an extra day at March Madness so you get Iowa versus Grand Canyon. But then after that, they're more than likely going to get Oregon. It's the winner of Oregon versus Virginia Commonwealth. And we're going to be talking all about that coming up on segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. So stay tuned for that. We do have, again, some awesome sponsors of the show, and it starts really with Built Bar. We've told you a lot about what's going on in Built Bar. They have a March Madness bracket right now. Built Bar, though, is the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is actually Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. And I think it's safe to say that mint brownie should absolutely crush the competition i actually have a ton of mint brownie bars in my drawer right now in my pantry i eat them for breakfast every single morning that's how delicious they are toffee almond are you kidding me not a chance built bar is going to get mint brownie and go into the enticing eight that's right and right now you can actually vote for your favorite flavors by going to builtbar.com or go to bar underscore built on twitter and remember use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who wants today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday at the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at. Now, let's get back into the conversation about the bracket. Again, we talked a little bit about Grand Canyon. We're going to be covering that more in depth as we get closer to that game. A lot of time to cover that game. So we're going to be talking all about that this week as we have a bunch of content coming out. I want to talk, though, about that bracket in general. Right now, the matchups look like Iowa versus Grand Canyon. Then they would get the winner of Oregon and VCU. Now, that would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Oregon being the regular season winner out of the Pac-12. They are an interesting team, and the reason why I say that is they are a strong team. They shoot the ball really well. They are 19th in the nation in three-point percentage shooting. They have the 16th-ranked offense and the 76th-ranked defense. They have five guys shooting over 35% from three. However, they have zero size, and when I say zero size, I mean absolutely zero size. Iowa, Iowa's Connor McCaffrey, and actually, let me phrase this. Iowa's fourth-tallest player on the starting lineup is as tall as Oregon's tallest player in the starting lineup. Six foot six, 235 pound Eugene Omare, Omari Way, Omari Way names. I'm just going to give up on that. I can't pronounce that. At center. They have no size, though. And that is going to be huge for Luka Garza. I expect him to have a big, dominant game against Oregon. And I think what's interesting about this Oregon matchup, people talk about it being a tough matchup for Iowa. I would argue that it's actually the best matchup for Iowa. They have a game plan now. Oregon, to me, reminds me a bit of Ohio State. Ohio State, a top-ranked offense, a relatively weak defense. Ohio State, not a lot of size. And what Iowa did against Ohio State was they did not put Luka Garza up on their top store. They put Keegan Murray up against EJ Liddell. And he dominated him in that second half of the Iowa-Ohio State game. Keegan Murray is a guy to watch in this game because he is going to be that X factor when they take on Oregon. That's how important he is against Oregon. I think Iowa has that game plan ready. They know how to go small ball, and they know where to put Keegan Murray at to make sure they're taking advantage of his strengths and neutralizing the best threat from 
Oregon's perspective. So to me, that's actually a pretty solid matchup for Iowa. Now, again, I think it's very important to note that every matchup in the NCAA tournament is tough. There's a reason why it's called March Madness. There's a reason why we see 16 seeds beating one seeds and 15 seeds upsetting two seeds. And now it's not every year, but it's a possibility. So Iowa still has to beat Grand Canyon. Then they get probably Oregon. Now, where it gets really interesting is we have up on their bracket as well. We have USC, 6-seed USC versus the winner of Wichita State and Drake. We have Eastern Washington versus Kansas. Kansas dealing with some COVID issues. What happens there? How many guys are available for the tournament? Are they available for the tournament? That'll all be things that we're watching because if Kansas doesn't is not able to play, they're going to have a fill-in team that would have been one of the last four out. So, or the first four out, I should say. So that'll be interesting to watch. USC, a strong team as well out of the Pac-12, but nothing that really concerns me. Wichita State at Drake is very interesting. Drake, I'm a very big Drake fan as well. That's actually my alma mater for undergrad. Drake had a superb season going and then lost their two leading players. Their two best players, they lost them. Uh, Roman Penn to a season-ending ankle injury. And Shaquille Hemphill, um, he has been out, but he will be back. He'll be back for the tournament, and they took. I mean, they they played well against Loyola, a team who got, I believe, the eight seed. I'm looking right now to find out where that. I believe it was the eight seed or the nine seed, and oh yeah, it was eight seed. Sorry, and they took Loyola down to the wire in that MVC championship game. I think with those two guys back, Drake wins the MVC outright, and they were the champions. But they were not. They they lost a couple guys. They're an interesting matchup though, taking on Wichita State. Somehow, if they survive and somehow make. A Sweet 16. Can you imagine an Iowa versus Drake Sweet 16? Now, it's very unlikely the chances of Drake getting to a Sweet 16 are slim considering they've only made the tournament once in the last 20-ish years, and that was the year before I even got to school there back in 2007 when they had an unbelievable season. That's kind of how the bracket turns out. So you're looking at probably, probably Oregon, a Kansas team that is really kind of thriving now. They've taken down some big giant and athletic squad that Iowa needs to worry about. And then you get... Most likely Gonzaga. Out of that bracket at the top, you got Gonzaga, Oklahoma, Missouri, Creighton, Virginia. Virginia also dealing with some some COVID issues, so we'll see how that plays out. Creighton has been a hit-or-miss team, a very hot-and-cold type of team. Um, I've actually bet a lot on Creighton and lost a lot because they've just been a, a very weird team. One of my, my best friends is a Creighton fan, so I watch a lot of Creighton games as well. Oklahoma has been all right in certain games, but I don't see them taking down Gonzaga. The threat to me is if Creighton can survive UC Santa Barbara, they then get Virginia most likely, and I think they can win that, and they get to Gonzaga, and Creighton to me is the best chance to get an upset over Gonzaga out of that bracket. Otherwise, we see Gonzaga in the Elite Eight versus Iowa, and again, that'll be a game that I think Iowa has a better chance of winning than they did earlier on in the season. They figured out a few things. They figured out some things defensively. They're not going to have that bad of a shooting performance again. So a lot to love about this bracket. I'm interested to hear what y'all's brackets look like, what your thoughts are as well. Make sure to send that in to me if you have any thoughts where you think Iowa can go. But I'm just looking at this. I would say Elite Eight is not out of the question. I think Iowa has the ability to beat all these teams, as they do almost any team in the country. But I like this bracket for Iowa more so than I would have liked some of the other brackets. So Iowa, to me, um, my call is the Elite Eight at this point. That's what I'm predicting. I'll do some more research and obviously be covering all this stuff right here on the show. And we're breaking down more of the Iowa Grand Canyon game leading up to that. And just a reminder, we got Keith Duncan, the GOAT, coming on the show tomorrow to talk about his prep. We're going to talk about the women's basketball tournament. We got Frank Garza coming up as well. We got a wrestling preview with what I think will be a former Iowa wrestler, former All-American, and we have obviously the big-time preview coming up on Friday, and well, Bakari Evelyn breaking down all of these games with us as they happen. That's all coming up on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the show. Have a fantastic Monday, and it's March Madness, baby, and let's go Hawks.